So we're going to go ahead and start the show. Here's the production value part. And uh, when I go like this, just pretend you're like 15 people instead of... (laughs) 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 Which we're appreciative of you. This is actually a good crowd. Yeah. All right, here we go. We just got spoiled earlier. All right. Roughly 24 to 92 hours ago, Stab's team of comedy scientists commissioned four specific humorists to give various potentially comedic takes on several random topics, which they'll now perform for the first and likely last time in front of a live studio audience in a show called... Oh! Stab. There we go. Welcome. Okay. Wow. That's that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. No. Yeah. Oh my god. This is so great. This is so great. The crowds. <laughs> Just stab. We need security. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, welcome to Stab. Uh, uh, let's you want to meet your contestants here? Uh, yeah, sure. There's Jojo Lewis. Danielle Mandela. Court Hansen. And Jesse Jones. Yeah. Stab. I'm your host, John Morris Ross IV. <laughs> That's how I should do it every time. John Morris Ross IV. Got a... Got a... Got a bump on from John Doerr. And Terrabang.com, I think. <laughs> That's just the name of the blog. No, all right. Let's start the show. I apologize. Somebody watching 2019. Yeah. Someone to watch. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been more appreciative than like somebody to watch in 2009? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I would have liked it then, too. <laughs> I would have cried then, too. You wouldn't have had your fourth kid. <laughs> I wouldn't have had my third kid if it was 2009. I'm ki- this is weird. I love them all. <laughs> <laughs> Equally. Well, <laughs> JoJo, uh, do you have yeah. anything to push, plug, or prod that you do? Check out JoJo Has Fun on YouTube. We do Let's Plays and uh, funny segments, and oh, yeah. you'll enjoy it. Way to sell it. Very good. <laughs> Fuck you. Also, yeah, no bump from John Dorr from that guy, though. <laughs> no, I'm no. Kidding. I'm kidding. Danielle. Yes. How's it hanging? No. <laughs> it's not. It's not hanging? It's not hanging. Well, that's good. Court. What's up? What? <laughs> My uh, e-food handler's license expired today. <laughs> e-food? What is e-food? It's a uh, food handler's license that you can get digitally. Mm. Oh. And I found out that it expired today. So it's not for I digital gotta, food. Got to work on that. No. Right. Oh, okay. Very right. Well, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Jones? Yeah. Nice scarf. <laughs> I'm trying to wear a different one every week. I like it. I've got a bunch of scarves. You d- you're like Steven Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just going to start wrapping them around the mic stands every week <laughs> and then dipping them in LSD first. <laughs> Did he do that? That's how I understand. <laughs> or some, they were dip- they were laced in something, is my understanding of Steven Tyler's uh, uh, stage accessories. Really? That's, yeah. LSD and they came up with that music? <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong. Somebody can Wikipedia that. But All, right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's I've do done it. enough research for my prompts today. All right. Liquid cocaine. Uh, okay, that, good. That's actually that might be true. All right. Let's let's go ahead and start the show with a sound effect. 
<laughs> there we go. <laughs> I've been standing too much today. Okay. Uh, this first segment is called Reorganization, everyone. Uh, uh, please take the following acronym and reimagine it. Uh, what does it now stand for? Who or what does it now represent? Uh, being that today is my oldest daughter's uh, 16th birthday. Yeah, she's 16. <laughs> 16. That's what her dad does. And you left uh, her alone. <laughs> picking her up after this. Okay. Too late from her mom's house, according to grandma. Okay. It's <laughs> all right. Co-opt my child's time. Anyway. Uh, yeah, grand- grandparents are more important than parents. Anyway, let's just go ahead and... Ugh. Talk about <laughs> child support and how much. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, being that it's my oldest uh, daughter's 16th birthday, uh, today's acronym is uh, MURDER. M U R D E R. Murder. Uh, Jojo, what does murder mean to you? Okay. Um. Hi, I'm Mike Lindell, creator of My Pillow. <laughs> I'll give you guys a moment to. <laughs> figure out what's about to happen. <laughs> we become one of the greatest betting corporations in the world thanks to your support over the last three years, yet my general appearance as a pedophilic Little League coach from Minnesota, coupled with my inability to talk about anything except unexciting pillow talk, I've decided to take my company in a new direction. That's why I'm here introducing Murder from the makers of my pillow. It's Murder, my ultimate revenge dick enlargement reduction. <laughs> Anyone who doubts your skills and abilities as a man better watch the fuck out because with murder it's just a hop, skip, and a patented combination of drugs, electrical shocks, and hypnosis and soon their boners will shrink to the size of Tic Tacs or smaller. And we're so confident you'll be satisfied with murder, we're offering a 120-day no-questions-asked guarantee. If for any reason giving your enemies a smaller dick doesn't act as the ultimate revenge, we'll take back your murder minus the shipping and handling. They fuck you coming and going, man. (laughs) (laughs) Think they got the last laugh? Think murder! Call now! (laughs) Very good, Jojo. That's what murder means to Jojo. Jojo Lewis. Danielle Mandela, what does murder mean to you with your handwritten script? (laughs) In red pen. In red pen. It's beautiful. It's blood. Murder will be the headline on every newspaper in 2019, leading up to the April release of Marvel's Avengers Endgame. Uh, In the months leading up to its release, the studio is going on the offensive with a preemptive apology campaign. First appearing in a full-page ad in Variety, paid for by the estate of Stan Lee, the line reads, Marvel Universe regrets dead Endgame revival. (laughs) In it, Joss Whedon confirms suspicions that they will in fact jump the shark in the final chapter of the Avengers. Not only will a, pre- will a previously unmentioned character appear with the power to reverse the time reversal put in play by Thanos and thereby revive all the ill-fated Avengers, but Tony, Tar- Tony Stark will simultaneously develop an enhancement for Captain America's shield that blocks any possibility of takesies backsies. <laughs> Black Widow succumbs to pressure from her fellow female Avengers to apologize to Black Panther for throwing all of Wakanda under the bus. To, sta- to save her robot boyfriend, even though he was volunteering to sacrifice himself, to save literally everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Bruce, Bruce Banner opens up a center for young men to teach them to redirect their destructive instincts uh, through creative writing. Uh, <laughs> Way too long, I apologize. 
With each of the Avengers finding a healthier outlet for their insecurities, their enemies no longer hold any power over them, and peace is finally achieved in the universe. In a final Easter egg for, pans, for fans, a post-credit scene reveals Nick Fury relaxing in a white linen suit in Tahiti, reading a newspaper with the headline, Murder, Marvel Universe Regrets Dead Endgame Revival. <laughs> Very good for all the nerds in the crowd. <laughs> or not, I don't... Sorry, nerds. <laughs> I like it. I like that too. Uh, Court, what does murder mean to you? Uh, Valerie, could we talk for a moment? <laughs> I know it's kind of awkward to discuss these sorts of things with your dad, but you're 16 now, and it's time we had this conversation. Your mother and I talked it over, and she thinks that it's best if this comes from me. It's no secret that you're going through some changes, and with those changes come certain responsibilities. That boy, Heinz Grondenheimer, you've been seeing? I've seen how he looks at you, and I can tell what's going on between the two of you. I'm, ha I'm having difficulty finding the words for this, so I'm going to read from this pamphlet I got from Pastor Francis. <coughs> how to murder your daughter using the M-U-R-D-E-R system. Make your, your racist daughter earn reprieve. I promised you... I promised you I would never go through your phone, and I swear that I haven't. But I have gone through your Facebook messages with Heinz, and that boy is pressuring you. I don't know how far you've gone with him or with any of the other German boys you've been hanging out with, <laughs> but I want to make sure you don't do anything you can't take back. Let's, let's see what the pamphlet says. Uh, uh, murder is an abstinence-only approach to racism that encourages children <laughs> to just say no. Today's peer pressure society tells all kinds of people that they can be racist. That doesn't end with our children. Even now, they might be in a parked car with some friends, passing slurs to one another and thinking they're invincible. But word will get out. Whether it's an old tweet or a sharpied swastika on the bathroom wall, your daughter will earn a reputation for being one of those girls. <laughs> With the help of murder, your racist daughter will gradually move away from marching in clan rallies and move toward more wholesome activities like unprotected sex and intravenous drugs. <laughs> so there, it, I know it may not seem like a big deal to you, but if you get caught with those messages on your phone, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. You're my daughter and I love you, but this needed to be said. <laughs> Oh, one more thing. I've installed a filter on your computer. No more Stormfront and Breitbart for you, young lady. <laughs> the only N-word you'll be saying is no to racism. <laughs> Very good. Court. Jesse Jones, what does yeah. murder mean to you? Well, it's the new year, which means it's a time when we all believe that we can bring meaningful, permanent change to our lives simply because we had to buy a new calendar. Well, I'm all for sweeping grand gestures of personal embitter embitterment. <laughs> I should have reread this. Uh, but, but since most of these well-meaning plans wind up failing almost immediately anyway, I say we might as well just skip the modest goals and go crazy with them. Which is why I say if you really want to take your shot, then you need to go out there and murder 2019. Make unreasonable dreams even ridiculouser. <laughs> <laughs> want to get to the gym this year? Sure. That might seem like a huge undertaking already, but why fail small? <laughs> 
how about committing to getting a superpower in 2019? <laughs> You've probably seen those ads on Craigslist looking for volunteers for medical research and clinical trials. Well, odds are probably pretty good that at least a couple of those are run by disreputable, shady organizations attempting to breed super soldiers under the guise of sleep studies and heartburn research. <laughs> Why settle for training for a mud run when you could maybe get, like, a Bane-style sleep apnea mask? <laughs> or a pill that turns your indigestion into fire breath? <laughs> I don't know which one I'm signing up for. Being better with money is always a respectable goal, but instead of cutting out that extra coffee beverage for maybe a couple weeks before giving up, why not try manipulating global economic markets and throwing entire governments into chaos for your own betterment? <laughs> what about a cartel? Heck, why not start small and just rob your local bank? <laughs> There's plenty of more interesting ideas than gradually building savings through better money management and self-control, like extortion! <laughs> Why, if you're good enough with Photoshop, you can make shit piles of money blackmailing celebrities in your spare time. <laughs> so go on. If you're likely going to fail at your resolutions anyway, you might as well go big and murder those goals. Make unrealistic, make unreasonable dreams even ridiculouser. God damn it. <laughs> Shoot for the moon. Because even if you miss, you'll still have built a pretty kick-ass death ray. <laughs> Very good. That was reorganization. <laughs> I was late with that uh, <laughs> sound effect. That brings us to our next segment. Uh, it's called the top five Google searches of. Uh, please have composed five Google searches from the perspective of zombie uh, Mean Gene Okerlund. <laughs> he just died. Anyone know this? <laughs> okay. Old people. Good. <laughs> Old people know. He's, a, he's, yeah, a, he's an announcer good. for the WWF. Good, the majority of the audience yeah, this doesn't This is not going to go wrong. Yeah, okay. <laughs> too, ma too many Anyone concepts Do we do, do, do just want to skip this Top part? one? Top <laughs> one searches? We'll do top three. We can do, take your top three. All right, uh, Jojo. Uh -huh. Let's hear your first of three to five. <laughs> Zombie mean Gene Okerlund. Right. All right, number one. What does everyone want to tell me? <laughs> That's it. What does everyone want? Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Right. Should we do all of them now? No, we'll do one at a time. Cool. <laughs> Was I also the time to make the donuts guy in a parallel reality? Okay. Very good. <laughs> so do we not know who Mean Gene <laughs> Mean Gene Okerlund, he was a uh, he was an announcer for like for old wrestling, like Hulk Hogan. You know who Hulk Hogan is? <laughs> <laughs> Andre the Giant. Yeah. Pro wrestling. <laughs> Literally one YouTube video is all you need to know yeah. everything you need to know. I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Court. Jesse the body Ventura's body. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Very good. Because he's like, he's dead. Right. <laughs> the, he's the governor uh, of Minnesota. Okay. <laughs> Jesse Jones. I'm just scanning this and realizing... This is also built on references that no one's going to get. I'll get it. Well, you will, sure. So we've got yeah, paying yeah. customers here that <laughs> that hold our Yelp fates in their hands. <laughs> First one: uh, business hours and location, comma the Undertaker. <laughs> That's funny because the Undertaker was a wrestler <laughs> who dressed like an Undertaker, <laughs> and he's dead. So 
Well, he's a lot. But, well, yeah. Well, Gene is. Yeah, I, well, okay. I, I apologize for trying to. <laughs> In the lore, he's dead. I mean, <laughs> sure. All right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, the whole Marvel thing, and now this. Good. Okay, good. It's higher than usual. All right. <clears throat> All right. Um, how to shake hurtful nickname. Okay. <laughs> His name was Mean Mean Gene. Okay. Yeah, mean Gene. That's <laughs> right. I'm gonna explain all these. Like, thank you. It's helping. It's not actually. condescending either. I'm I, I'm ashamed. I know this. A mansplain this prompt <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> Old mansplain. I'm gonna I'm gonna manspread and mansplain yeah. at the same time. The uh, we're making this last longer. Let's yes, we are. <laughs> okay, Danielle. Men's warehouse two for one sale. Okay. All right. <laughs> He wore nice tuxedos. He did. Yeah. All I'm saying. Yes, he did. He did. <laughs> so many explanations. Court. Wrestling blooper where guy jumps off ropes and his penis pops out and it accidentally smacks other wrestler in face. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a real video? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, Jesse, second one. Uh, better Business Bureau, comma The Undertaker. Okay. <laughs> So we'll get through this third one and see if we want to continue All right. this. All right. I'm fine with that. All right. Jojo. Tits. <laughs> okay. Very good. I think, I, I think we'll bring him back with this one. Okay. Who was John Krasinski's inspiration for the Jim Halpert stare? <laughs> How, did you get half of it? This, yeah. All right. It sounded like math. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like a word problem. Yeah. Court. Was Mean Gene Okerlund mean in real life? And if so, how to correct that in the afterlife using chaos magic? <laughs> <laughs> All right. JoJo's enjoying it. <laughs> Enjoy that one. If you hit JoJo, that's the 15 audience members. That yeah. get, so. uh, third and maybe last... Uh, Yelp review, one star, comma, The Undertaker. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Let's go. Just two more. Okay. Right, let's power okay. through. Yeah. No explanations. Um, this will be for the people that listen to the podcast. Hey, folks at home. Yeah. Lots of people at home. They'd be like, God damn it. Why'd they stop at 15? <laughs> <laughs> or 12? <laughs> Wanted 10 more yeah, Oakland yeah. or 8 more Oakland <laughs> references. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Our online audience is big wrestling fans. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably not true. <clears throat> How bald is too bald, but not bald enough? Okay. Because he was balding. He's very, very good. balding. Very good. <laughs> but never bald. I feel like we're painting a picture. You're going to know who Mean Gene Okerlund is <laughs> by the end of this. We're going to show you a picture at the end. Oh, that'll, that'll you're going to grieve his death by the end of this. That's how familiar you're going to get with it. <laughs> yeah. We're making new fans after his death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That seems hurtful and wasteful. No. Danielle, you're fourth of five, maybe? Did they bury me upside down like I asked so the world could kiss my ass? Okay. <laughs> Court. Lots of gas building up in stomach cavity. It's <laughs> <laughs> more of a WebMD. <laughs> Oh, if you liked the one reference, wait for three in this one. <laughs> How many of Coco Beware's birds did Jake the Snake Roberts' snakes eat 1986 through 1989? Very good. So Coco Fuck. Beware was known as Coco the Birdman. Yeah. Beware. Uh, 
And so Jake the was, Snake Roberts, was the guy that brought snakes to the ring. Eighties <laughs> <laughs> WWF was a magical time. I feel like my whole childhood does not exist to these people. I feel. I like. I knew I was gonna be like forgotten like ten years after I died, oh. but who knew it would be like forty before I died? Yeah. So, no. this, is, this is awesome. Okay. This I was forget. a perfect introduction to the show for you guys. <laughs> All right, is this the last? This yes. Is, if you want it to be. Yes. Okay. Um, how to shake hurtful nickname, comma, Gene. <laughs> right. The Gene part was what he wanted to get rid right. of. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, man. All right, D- Danielle, top that. <laughs> no joke. Fuck it. <laughs> that was it? Fuck it? <laughs> Very good. Court? How to remove maggots from under eyelids. <laughs> <laughs> went, went with more of the zombie end. Zombie, yeah. yeah. That's relatable. Yeah. Uh, mercifully, uh, <laughs> mercifully. Another, another reference. Uh, ultimate warrior to English dictionary. <laughs> okay. See, because the ultimate warrior... <laughs> Would yell a lot. <laughs> Just unintelligible. You yeah. know what? We're, we'll be dead soon, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Just remember, it, it, you know, Donald Trump's our president, so... <laughs> We're trying to find happiness somewhere. That was in our... Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, then we're just going to move on to the next segment. Uh, thank you for being patient and not leaving in the middle of the last segment. <laughs> it, uh, we would have totally understood. <laughs> yeah. We almost encouraged it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're like, can you please leave? Please. <laughs> Don't do this to yourself. All right. This last, this third segment. This last segment. We're going to end the show early. No warm it up. No warm it up. No warm it up from here. All right, here we go. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Snap. This next segment's called This Was Today Once. Yeah. yeah. Woo. Exciting show. Going real well. <laughs> Theme music again. <laughs> <laughs> John Morris Ross the fourth. John Morris Ross the fourth. Bump from John Doerr. Boom. Check out John Doerr on Comedy Central. (laughs) He has a show on Comedy Central. Okay. All right. This next segment's called. It's very funny. Uh, This. (laughs) This next segment's called. This was today once. Uh, Jojo Lewis. Did you know that today is World Braille Day? I did. Okay, good. Uh, also on this very date, 1903, Topsy, an elephant, is electrocuted by the owners of Luna Park, Coney Island. I did. Uh, I knew that too. So those two things happened today. Uh, how did you celebrate those two things together? Well, before I, I do that, John, can I just say, on behalf of the dozens, <laughs> if not hundreds of cast members who have been on staff, <laughs> that I love this is today once. <laughs> <laughs> Can true. I just say that there's one thing that every stab cast member has done at the end of the show is talked about how fun it was right? doing this is today once. Yep. You're welcome. Turn your phone back on. There you go. Now, John, when they say you're off base on something, they say you can't find the broadside of a barn. Well, I feel that barns are a little too easy to find. And so, to celebrate Braille and Topsy Death Day... I did the following. Wow. 
I grabbed a nail gun, a bear trap, and 500 cc's of horse tranquilizers. Doesn't seem like a lot, but it is. <laughs> then I went to the Sacramento Zoo and found their most unarmed zookeeper. I then took his place. Then it was a simple matter of sedating and immobilizing a baby elephant, dragging him to a public place, and acting like I had a zoning permit to do it. <laughs> then I hijacked a bus from the blind school. Little known fact, John, it's really easy to kidnap blind people. <laughs> you never consider it. You don't even think about kidnapping people in general. But here's the thing. If someone's blind, you know what they can't do? Pick you out of a lineup. <laughs> Is it fair? No. Is it legal? No. Is it easy? <laughs> With my newly acquired army of young blind kids, I set about the most fucked up game of pin the tail on the donkey you've ever heard of. I embedded in the elephant the word bingo with nails and made the blind kids find it. Oh, my God. And hey, if you dislike this bit in any way, please leave a comment stating how much you like this is today once. <laughs> That's how I celebrated. Very good. JoJo Lewis. Thank you. Thank you for shouting through your prompt. I appreciate it. Just maxing out the board over there. Smoking. I do what I can. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Danielle, on this date, 1986, NCAA basketball's David Robinson blocks a record 14 shots. Uh, also on this very date, 1999, American actor and stuntman Iron Eyes Cody died. He died. Uh, how'd you celebrate these things? <laughs> Going <laughs> straight back into the pit of the 80s. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, first, I want to clear up a few things about Iron Eyes Cody. He's famous for playing the crying Indian in uh, Jimmy Carter's environmental PSAs. I'm sure you guys are very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and he, <laughs> oh, there you go. Very good. Right. There you go. Nailed it. <laughs> Back on track. <laughs> and you have to give it to him. The single tier reference went on to become the most overused nonverbal punchline in history. Uh, one could argue that without Chief Iron Eyes, there would be no hashtag single tier. <laughs> Is there? I don't even know. <laughs> but like most American pop culture, though, it was all a lie. He wasn't really Native American. Elizabeth Warren is more Native American than Iron Eyes. <laughs> Uh, he fully committed to the lie, though, by living his life as a stereotypical Native American character, even wearing his offensive movie costumes in public on a regular basis. Uh, but like many Jewish, Greek, Latino, Black, Irish, and Middle Eastern characters portrayed on TV, Iron Man... Uh, Iron, Man. <laughs> Iron, Man. <laughs> Iron Eyes was actually Sicilian. His real, <laughs> his real surname was DeCordy. Uh, and when he was a teen, he moved with his dad, Tony, and his two brothers, Frank and Joseph, to California. <laughs> Frankie and Joey. <laughs> Frankie and Joey. <laughs> Sorry. There, they shortened their name to Cordy, and I assume opened the Cordy Brothers Grocery just down there on Folsom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so to celebrate, uh, I had intended to lie about my own Sicilian heritage to solicit guilt and profit. Um, but unfortunately, the only costume I still own is from my kindergarten Christmas pageant when I played the role of the little lamb. Uh, but a true Italian never turns down a celebration, so I threw on my little lamb skins, marched down to Cordy Brothers, and downed 14 shots of amaretto with the Sac State basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Danielle Mandela. Very good. Court Hansen. Uh, today is the day... 
Today is Day of Martyrs in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. That's what today is, the Day of Martyrs. Uh, also on this very date, 1847, Samuel Colt sells his first revolver pistol to the United States government. Uh, how'd you celebrate these things all mixed up together? This is my pistol. There are many like it, but this one is mine. To think that this little piece of metal holds the power of life and death. When I first decided to become a mercenary after leaving my career as a singer-songwriter, songwriter, killing was hard. The gurgling sound of a man's final moments scream out from the darkness every time you close your eyes, hoping vainly for a moment's peace as the souls of the damned encircle your dreams. <laughs> There's a rebel stronghold on the other side of these hills, and at night we can hear the voices rise above the trees. <laughs> kill them. Kill them all. Rip their heads from their shoulders and bring me the shoulders. <laughs> yeah. You learn to drown out these threats with a combination of local booze and by jamming Q-tips in your ears to block out the sound. That is why the other mercenaries all call me Q-tip in the ears, Johnson. <laughs> maybe you've heard my name whispered in the halls of the CIA, or maybe you've subscribed to my popular ASMR YouTube channel. <laughs> I'm wanted by the governments of 12 countries and specifically not wanted by the governments of three. <laughs> I've left a trail of bodies, some of them dead even, in my relentless pursuit of battlefield glory. At dawn, we will attack the rebels from the southeast. We will scale their walls or we will die trying. The day of the martyrs is at hand. Long live President Kalibi. <laughs> Very good, Court. Very good. Jesus. That's great. Jesse Jones, yeah. on this date, 18... <laughs> also a big fan of this segment. Good. I don't hate it nearly as much as Everyone everybody else. else. <laughs> Everyone hates this segment. Uh, Jesse Jones, on this date, 1863, four-wheeled roller skates were patented by uh, James Plimpton of New York. Uh, also on this very date, 1790, President Washington delivers the first State of the Union address. Uh, how'd you celebrate these things while Court spills water on himself? <laughs> Very good. Uh, well, I'm sure I've mentioned the Model Congress after-school program that I run for local public middle schoolers to teach kids about how government works. Right? I, I mean... Anyway... Uh, <laughs> Four of our members have January birthdays, so I organized a little skating party for my entire middle school model congress, uh, which I cleverly themed the Skate of the Union. <laughs> and it was a wonderful time of fun and skating and government. Uh, of course, before the skating could even begin, a motion was introduced to decide how the distribution of pizza would be handled. Half of the model congress believe the best way for the pizza to be purchased was for everyone to pool their money and buy one extra large pizza for everyone to share equally. <laughs> well, while the other half <laughs> believed that if uh, someone wanted pizza, they should be allowed to buy their own pizza by the slice. The argument ultimately fell to the question of what would happen if some party goers didn't, either didn't contribute equally 
to the amount of, towards the purchase of the pizza, or their circumstances left them unable to contribute at all. Will they still be allowed to get the same amount of pizza as those who brought the $3 as clearly outlined and agreed upon in the language of the permission slip sent home the week before? <laughs> Ultimately, with the Model Congress split down the middle, the decision fell to Model Vice President, who was in the pocket of Big Soft Pretzel. <laughs> but knowing, knowing you can never swing the decision makers that far, a deeply unsatisfying hot dog compromise was brokered. <laughs> Our pretendricans and, imag- <laughs> and imagicrats were also divided on which means everyone should be allowed to use for propelling themselves around the rink. One camp believed that as roller rinks were originally intended to be for traditional four-wheel quad-style roller skates, that anything outside of the original roller skating founders outlined... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> anything outside of what the original roller skating founders outlined was an abomination and should not be allowed. And be punishable by some sort of detention or suspension. Meanwhile, the other group believed that just because 156 years ago someone defined roller skating a certain way doesn't mean that those who chose an alternative or inline lifestyle... <laughs> should be denied the same rights to roller rinks as those who subscribe to the more traditional definition of skating. Wheelie supporters attempted to also champion their cause on the back of the inline movement, but found the same resistance from the inline community that they somehow didn't recognize they were fighting from the traditional skaters, a hypocrisy for (laughs) for which undercut the inline camp's entire message, thus allowing the traditional quad skaters to dictate the debate. Page two. Never have I wished something was shorter than this one. (laughs) Maybe if I actually read it properly, the message that was in here would have made sense and been entertaining, but I have not. (laughs) I have done this material a disservice, and I apologize (laughs) to the two sheets of paper I wasted on it. (sighs) Is it even? Yeah, all right, fine. We'll get through it. Well, if the other two camps, you remember where we left off, sure. (laughs) Had simply joined forces temporarily for the common good, they would have easily been able to advance acceptance of all skating alternatives. But their specialized causes prevented them from (laughs) from fighting the more unified voice that the traditional skaters easily rallied behind. Everyone agreed it was (laughs) simultaneous... Everyone agreed it was simultaneously the best system for organizing a skating party in the free world and the worst skating party ever. <laughs> Jesse Jones, very good. Very, very good. It made so much sense. Yeah. I just, I just like real Congress. Yeah. It was an argument. Exactly. See, that's yeah. what I was going for. <laughs> I just want to stop the show really quick. If you guys need to leave, <laughs> feel free. I see. I, no, I, I know it's... I can see by the way you're rocking back and forth. Yeah. No. And looking. No. I would not have minded if yeah. you had stood up in the middle of yeah. that <laughs> yeah. and left. Thank you for coming. We know it's not the quality of the show. You guys have... <laughs> you have to get up early in the morning. We totally understand that you're all it's doctors. All, yeah. You it's got paged at the same time for heart surgery. Okay, good. <laughs> This is the best episode of Stab ever. This crowd just just went from 45 to 3. I was so so behind the idea. (laughs) 
<laughs> I saw what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The people at home loved it. <laughs> <laughs> this, this episode is not making it online. Yeah, you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe we could switch the audio back over. <laughs> the wrong thing. <laughs> anyway, that segment was brought to you by Class. <laughs> We're going to finish strong. I, All right. I don't know. That brings us... We got two more segments left. If you guys to leave, we totally understand. You don't have to pretend to like the show anymore. Just kidding. Okay, good. Yeah. I was like, I am getting my money's worth out of, out of spite. Very good. The parallels between actual government and decisions... I got the decisions being made about pizza and it's what did the pizza represent? Uh, it's just the abortion. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. It was so pizza. I think the pizza was socialism. Okay. I think I don't know. <laughs> right. Uh, abortion yeah. pizza. Mm. All right. <laughs> Can we just do this. For yep. Let's give this. Uh, all right. So this here we are in our fourth of five segments of the night. <laughs> This segment's called Write an Erotic Poem About It. Uh, people on stage, please, <laughs> please have written an erotic poem in regard to the following topics. Jojo, mm-hmm. let's hear an erotic poem about the UFC. <laughs> okay. UFC. Does UFC stand for all ultimate fucking contest? <laughs> A heavy body throwing itself at another heaving body, bursting bones, if you know what I mean. <laughs> 15 minutes of sweaty ball punching becomes 15 minutes of torrid caressing, becomes 15 minutes of hardcore white flooding in the bathroom I wear every Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Who's the strongest, the smartest, the veiniest? <laughs> Feel the power of my six-foot meat muscle, and I'll penetrate your octagon. (laughs) My name is John Morris Ross IV, and I love watching dudes almost fuck. (laughs) What are you going to do? That was was 45 minutes. Very good. You know what? I support their decision even more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I almost left. Oh my god! I'm so all right. I'm, I'm glad it's just you, the people that are here. Yeah, like I feel safe. Okay, <laughs> Danielle. Yeah. To be yeah, fair, they had two solid hours of comedy did. before. They were that. That's here, a long yeah, night. Yeah. Oh my god! I'm taking no blame. <laughs> yes. <what> yeah. <laughs> Danielle Mandela, let's hear a, an erotic poem about commemorative plates. Look at you in there, all locked up in that closet. So smooth and untouched. So impractical, yet so colorful and new. Etched across your face. World's best finger-licking good sweet cherry pie. (laughs) I'd get you dirty just so I could lick you clean. Jesus. Whoops. Just choked on my water. <laughs> I knew for certain the day that Grandma brought you home, you'd be mine someday. <laughs> it won't be long now. Her temperature is rising faster and faster, <laughs> higher and hotter. Finally, it comes. At last, the day we are free. 
free to touch you and me. With gentle hands, I lift you from your resting place and carry you to, oh fuck, you slipped through my fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Fallen from love's grasp, shattered, you lay on the floor. I swear, my love, that lotion was meant for your pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very good, very good. Very good. Court Hansen, please have written an erotic poem about Louis C.K. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for throwing that hot potato in my lap. You're blaming me and Jesse for all this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Louis C.K., red hair going gray, saggy gut. I do not want to watch you nut. <laughs> you cried on Mark Marin. While other comedians you were a scarin', please change the dirty black t-shirt you're wearing. I still don't want to watch you nut. <laughs> your weird, horny movie about your daughter will never see the light of day, even if you put your gross penis away. Seriously, I'm not going to watch you nut. You have adoring fans. The most vocal among them are fellow balding old mans. But I'm not going to listen to those creeps who try to make this a conversation about free speech. (laughs) Your face gets so sweaty just from eating. I don't want to imagine it while your penis you're beating. (laughs) The comedy seller might give you a pass, and for some, that's okay, but I assure you, sir, I do not want to watch you nut. (laughs) Very good, Court. Very good. So you did good with it. You did good. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse Jones. Yeah. Uh, let's hear an erotic poem in regards to basketball teams. Mm-hmm. I'm going to redeem myself here. <laughs> 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 Fucking Babe Ruth over here yeah. calling it. <laughs> Setting the mood. I dropped the needle on some jazz. <laughs> Starting hot. <laughs> And open a bottle of wine, a smooth red from the mid-70s, a fine, full-bodied 76er. (laughs) Before we get going, I slide down my knickerbockers. (laughs) Roll down my nets so that I can take the clippers to my nuggets. (laughs) How many teams are there in the NBA? 32? 30. 30, okay. (laughs) You prefer your ball handling to be silky smooth, but I want my post player to be a big and hairy, muscular too. You can have your chubby bears. I prefer a nice grizzly. (laughs) (laughs) Saunters onto the hardwood, a maverick so cavalier. Oh, good. Walks into the bedroom without a stitch on, but his spurs. (laughs) He hawkishly attacks my rocket. Dunking it down his throat like a peckish pelican. I feel the heat envelop me. My stomach tingles like a swarm of hornets swirling inside me. When it's finally showtime, I set the pick. He runs the break, and like a sex wizard, he performs magic on that ass. 
He bucks. <laughs> Picking up the pacer. And like a... <laughs> and like a bull let loose in the suns, he pistons faster and faster, repeatedly driving my lane completely uncontested. This warrior's hard-driving trailblazer bangs at home off the rim. <laughs> Valuing the ball, I tell him he's the king. <laughs> and that sends him over the edge. Pulling out with a squeak, he lets loose a forceful thundering torrent. Swish. I can feel it like a river of spooge. There's no dribbling stream. It's a laker. <laughs> Raptors, Celtics, Timberwolves. <laughs> Very good. Uh, you got the Suns. Oh, man. That was great. Jesus, man. <laughs> I could God. have stayed for that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they would have got it. I still feel like actually no. You're right. That, yeah. that, those they were, they were so stupid. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No. It's a good thing to say about all the women in the audience. Cool. <laughs> oh shit. <yeah. laughs> well, their their review will be posted long before this ever goes up. <laughs> yes, yeah. We got eight in the can. I gotta yeah. catch up. Yeah, we're we way do. behind. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I apologize. <laughs> He's earned it tonight. You better earn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They will all be up by the end of the show. <laughs> all right. This, uh, we got the last segment coming up here. Cool. Uh, after a 30-minute break. No. <laughs> We're going to take a little intermission. I'm going to reread my This Was Today once. <laughs> Just make sure we didn't miss anything. Yeah. I mean, it deserves a better read, frankly. Oh, man. God damn it. That pelican line. That pelican line. Are your family to tell them you'll be late tonight? <laughs> I was, I was texting someone who's making me some business cards. <laughs> They're they, really nice. JoJo means business. So the JoJo has fun business cards? Is yeah. That, oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> With the QR code on them. Oh, of course. You <laughs> know, right? Oh, my God. 2009. Okay. Suck <laughs> like a dick, John. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, this last segment's called Movie Makeup. Please compose a synopsis based on the following movie titles. Uh, all movie titles were lazily brought to you by WordCounter.net's random word generator. <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. Thank you. Jojo Lewis, the name of your movie is called The Mysterious Homeless Army. Mm-hmm. The Mysterious Homeless Army. <clears throat> I have like a headache from laughing at Jesse's fucking <laughs> basketball <laughs> thing. So. Um, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Just hear me out. Hear me out. It's like if Jaws... Right, met train spotting. Here we go. <laughs> Starts off in small town, middle America. It's the annual trash can festival known as Trash Can of All. Huh? <laughs> right? The mayor's really happy about the presents getting. He's like, the only trash we normally see around here is the people, huh? Then, some kid walking by the old tire burning lot <laughs> or whatever. 
is just walking, minding his own business, and rat addicted to opioids. Sucking dick for $3 an hour just to get a taste of some of that Mexican black tar. How's your father? Becoming yet another servant <laughs> in the mysterious homeless army. <laughs> so stuff happens. More and more people disappear, leaving their jobs and families and whatnot, begging for money, sucking more dick. And then finally, they hire famed homeless hunter, played by Chris Pratt. <laughs> You know he means business, because the first time he seems like, you ever looked in a homeless man's eyes? <laughs> it's like a doll's eyes. <laughs> Dead and black, hunting for more dick to suck and stuff to inject. Oh, my God. I don't want to give away the ending, but the mysterious homeless army descends on the town, and then there's a harrowing yet unrelated meth lab explosion that chases Chris Pratt down a hallway, and bam! They're shooting, they're shooting, <laughs> and the homeless army is defeated, and that's the plot. <laughs> Very good. That's what we do. Punching up. <laughs> Around here. Punching up. I did a visual joke for an audio podcast. <laughs> oh, it's streaming. Okay. God oh. damn it. Are there people watching Shit. this? No, it's not streaming. Hi, no. world. <laughs> Danielle, the name of your movie is called Quaint Fizz. Yep. <laughs> I put all of my eggs in one basket, so I hope you're on board. Okay. <laughs> Coming soon to Amazon Prime, a feature-length film based on their popular TV series. It's 1965, and the marvelous Mrs. Maisel's career has hit a rut. Sweet. <laughs> all right, it's going to go well. <laughs> Kennedy is long gone. Uh, Lenny Bruce has been acting really distant lately. And the respirator has just replaced the iron lung in the fight against polio. And those damn kids who survived <laughs> were now taking over the streets with their skateboards and Super Bowls. They don't give a lick about comedy. <laughs> so when Midge is approached by Sterling Cooper Draper Price to star in a campaign for Quaint Fizz, the new prenatal champagne beverage for fetal brain development. <laughs> She jumps at the opportunity. Against the advice of her manager, Midge agrees to star in the campaign, which includes a live spot on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Fo <laughs> Following a disastrous appearance, uh, which resulted in Johnny blacklisting Mrs. Maisel from the show, Midge is devastated. <laughs> she, she finds solace in the arms of Don, the ad executive who pitched her the Quaint Fizz campaign. In the wake of their night together, Midge finds herself pregnant and alone. <clears throat> Determined to make the most of the situation, she leverages her unplanned baby into a contract extension with Quaint Fizz. Uh, with added product credibility from her pregnancy and Don's balls in her back pocket, Mrs. Maisel suddenly becomes the highest paid female comedian in history. Everything is coming up, Maisel. That is, <laughs> until the baby is born. Being blacklisted by Johnny Carson becomes the high point in her life compared to the shame spiral that is fetal alcohol syndrome. <laughs> Backlash from the medical community sparks an outcry against Quaint Fizz and Sterling Cooper Draper Price, who terminate Maisel's, Mrs. Maisel's contract. And because a broad should never be trusted to negotiate in a madman's world, she's found personally responsible for the loss and damages. Will this be a wrap on Mrs. Maisel's uh, career, or is it all just grist for the comedy meal? Find out on Amazon Prime's original Quaint Fizz. <laughs> Very good. Now, now I got to go home and watch. The Miss Maisel show. <laughs> I keep hearing mixed reviews. Oh, they're leaving. Yes. Oh, they're I've leaving. never watched somebody before. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just... No, don't feel... Don't feel bad. There's only like six minutes left. <laughs> no, no, no. You're fine. 
Well, all right. There was one. And then there was one. There it is. It's a Thanks, man. Glad <laughs> <laughs> like, you think so. It's like we're pay- playing a game of chicken with the crowd. Yeah. And we are winning. <laughs> <laughs> we needed to be brought back down to earth yeah, after yeah. the eight and nine o'clock full houses. So that's fine. <laughs> 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 yeah. Thank you. That's funny. Excellent. That's, that's funny. We'll call this fair. one the great show. <laughs> The show that should have never been. I think we should call it Bump from Jimmy Dore. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. To be fair, it's been a quality episode. Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right, Court. I got to go pick up my kids. Let's make it. <laughs> All right. Court, uh, the name of your movie is called Start Thundermind. Start Thundermind. In 1988, visionary animator Kamei Kotaro first wowed the world with his cyberpunk dystopian anime epic, Start Thunder Mind, or as it is known in Japan, Start Thunder City Mind Terror Go, (laughs) Devil's Castle Dracula X, colon, Rondo of Blood. Now, Sony Pictures is here to ruin it by making the cast whiter than ever. All your favorite characters will be there, but whiter. Renjiro, the sneaky worm king, He's white now. (laughs) Nishimura, the ghost of the kindly old baker. He's played by Gary Oldman now. (laughs) Deal with it. Now, people have called Start Thunder, Mind Terror Go, Devil's Castle, Dracula X, Rondo of Blood, quote, unfilmable, and quote, way too fucking weird for American audiences, and quote, uniquely tied to Japanese culture in a way that doesn't translate well when starring white people. (laughs) But that won't stop Sony. The production assistants to whom we pay pennies for digging up every last piece of pop culture were instructed to go dig up some Asian shit that only Asians and weirdos in the United States remember. And oh boy, did they dig. Now, I don't really understand the appeal. A cyberpunk Dracula battling it out on the post-apocalyptic streets of Osaka with a bunch of motorcycle-riding street toughs? Gruesome body horror in which you can't tell where man ends and machine begins? That sounds crazy, vibrant, and like it would be best left in the two dimensions. A handful of skilled animators can create... uh, What? A handful of skilled animators creating a vivid, distinct world? No, thank you. A cheapo live-action remake starring, like, Emma Stone or something? Yes, please. (laughs) It's like your favorite character, Renjiro the Worm King, always says, Watashiha Dorukigu Gou... Ga'aru Akachan no Watashino me ni. Or I've got dollar signs in my eyes, baby. <laughs> Very good, Cor. Very good. Do you, do you want to leave? <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. Just finish just this wanted. show to the fucking flats in the back of the room. All right. <laughs> to the bitter end. <laughs> We've done it before. Yeah. Jesse Jones, the name of your movie is called. Discrete twig supply. Mm-hmm. Discrete twig supply. Discrete twig supply is a documentary about the world's oldest drag queen costume, makeup, wig, and accessories store. Drag queens, as I'm sure we're all aware, were originally known in the 4th century Jin Dynasty China as exotic practitioners in the discipline of the discrete twig. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> 
These performers were held in the highest regard and were very popular in the emperor's court. While they would usually depict the emperor himself as a powerful yet sensual female figure to the enjoyment and confusion of the subjects who often found themselves unsure how to react to the erotic representation of their unquestioned godlike ruler. <laughs> the most successful and enduring tool created by the owners of discreet twig supply was a product called masculinity concealment adhesive paneling. <laughs> they were part of their popular line of temporary undercarriage keepers, or tucks, which is how the term for taping back your genitalia to simulate a smooth feminine mons pubis came to be named. <laughs> Before the invention of these tucks, drag queens performed exclusively dressed as women from the waist up, while completely naked from the waist down. And a flaccid penis at any point in the performance was viewed as a great insult to everyone in attendance. <laughs> Discreet Twig Supply, narrated by Bianca Del Rio, coming in February to Logo. <laughs> that is the end to stab. Maybe forever. <laughs> I was gonna ask. Um, <laughs> let's hear it for everyone. Uh, you, if there's, there's, we have one person left to clap. <laughs> Jojo Lewis. Jojo Lewis. Danielle Mandela. Kurt Hansen. Jesse Jones. I'm your host, John Morris Ross the Fourth. Uh, yeah, if you want to hear better episodes of Stab, go deeper in our catalog. <laughs> <laughs> That was the best one. That was fun.